0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening
1: and thanks for joining us. An Abbotsford couple is telling a terrifying story tonight after their dinner was interrupted last night by an intruder.
2: They heard a noise and immediately found someone trying to break into their home. Paul Johnson is live with more on this. And Paul, this suspect really had no idea what we, he was in for.
0: Yeah, he sure didn't. You know, there's still a lot of speculation about what he was trying to do here. Was his intention to rob them? Was he on drugs? Was he in some kind of mental state or all of the above? But it didn't end well. He got a pretty bad beating and a trip to jail. tragedy It's usually safe to presume that when you're watching the suppertime news, most of the action will be on the screen.
3: We heard a knock on the door. <laughs>
0: But what Jim Gertson didn't know was that answering that knock was about to land him on the news.
3: Guy burst in there, screaming and yelling.
0: Gertson walked us through the scuffle in their entranceway. An unknown man forcing his way in and pushing him back to the place where he'd luckily kept a baseball bat just for this reason.
3: And I give him a good one in the sternum knocked him back through the outside door, but he came back faster and he went that way, you know. And then the fight was on, he knocked the bat out of my hand and I got him into, well, what I call the death hole, a uh, uh, full Nelson.
0: The alleged intruder is 37-year-old Jonathan Burgoyne. He's got a long rap sheet and apparently a few bruises after his tangle with the
4: 64-year-old Gertsen. This is a good neighborhood. Uh, it's close to a park. While
0: Abbotsford PD don't like to encourage confrontation, they have no quarrel with Gertson's decision-making last night.
4: It looks like the homeowner did two things. He protected his castle and actually uh, caught the bad guy for us.
0: Turns out what the intruder probably hadn't bargained for is that while Gertson's pretty close to qualifying for CPP, he's actually been in a brawl or two.
3: I was a bouncer at a couple of local places in town.
0: And Bonnie Gertson is glad her husband still has a move or two. Very proud of
5: him. I didn't know he still had it in him, but he does. Yeah, he protected us very good.
0: Message to young thugs. Some old guys are tougher than you think.
2: Well, how are Bonnie and Jim tonight, Paul? I understand they both went to hospital.
0: Yeah, they did. You know, Bonnie, it turns out, had open heart surgery a few years ago. This was really a lot for her. So they took her to the hospital last night. Jim went with her while he was there. They decided to check him out, too. It appears he might have had a small heart attack. So, there's going to be some lasting consequences for him over this one. Sophie?
2: All right, Paul Johnson in Abbotsford. Paul, thank you.
0: The city of Port Coquitlam is
1: strengthening its bylaws regarding aggressive or dangerous dogs, banning them from the city's two off-leash parks, and putting more responsibility on the owners for their pets' behavior. Jill Bennett has more on the proposed changes and the penalties for those who don't obey.
6: Most of the time, taking the fur-legged friend for a walk, even without a leash, doesn't pose any problem. But in the city of Port Coquitlam, there are about 40 known aggressive dogs and two deemed dangerous.
5: To be deemed an
7: aggressive dog, they they must have done something aggressive in nature: snap, bitten, chased, jumped on, it's
5: something that, you know to show that they do have an aggressive trait. Definition of a dangerous dog is one that has seriously hurt or killed a person or other domestic animal.
6: The breeds on the aggressive list include mastiffs, golden retrievers, labs, a pug, and a chihuahua. That's part of the reason Port Coquitlam is bringing in new, tougher, but not breed-specific restrictions.
7: They're banned from the off-leash dog area
5: when they're, they're once they've been deemed aggressive.
6: Owners of dangerous dogs will also have to display a sign at each entrance to the house where the dog lives, making it clear to anyone approaching.
5: It's just uh, for meter readers or mail carriers or people going door-to-door for political activity maybe, but uh, just to warn them.
6: Sit. Those who use the off-leash areas welcome the tougher rules. They should be
8: responsible, but I think that a
6: lot of it comes down to the training of them. My Chihuahua
8: is more aggressive than my Roddy, so... (laughs) We had our uh, dangerous dog muzzled and on leash, and a pit bull crossed from across the way, unleashed, came tearing across the street, attacked our dog, and he ended up with $900 in surgery in his eye.
9: It's an off-leash area and you know owners are to be responsible for their dogs.
8: Owners will also
6: face bigger penalties. $500 for failing to post a dangerous dog sign. Also a $500 fine for having an aggressive or dangerous dog in an off-leash area. The updated bylaw should be in place in a couple of weeks. Jill Bennett, Global News.
1: Some big changes at a company caught up in a recent animal cruelty investigation. Effective immediately Elite farm services based in Chilliwack will require one supervisor and two staff members to wear body cameras in their barns. The move comes after an animal advocacy group released undercover video allegedly showing multiple examples of abuse and torture at Greater Vancouver Chicken Farm staffed by the company's chicken catchers. Six employees have since been fired. The SPCA is recommending animal abuse charges against all the individuals involved.
2: Surrey RCMP appealing for the public's help in locating five prolific car thieves. These guys are wanted on a variety of warrants. RCMP say a small number of criminals account for the majority of crimes. And by focusing on those known to be prolific auto thieves, it should help reduce auto theft in Surrey. Anyone with information is asked to call Surrey RCMP or Crime Stoppers. And check out the catch of the day by Delta Police. This driver reeled in a $386 ticket for going 130 in an 80 zone on the South Fraser Perimeter Road. Police also say the accessories on his vehicle were unsafe and a distraction. The vehicle was impounded and will undergo a full inspection before it can return to the road.
1: Tempers flare once again at a public meeting in Pitt Meadows over a controversial development. The development proposed for the Golden Ears Business Park sparked a heated confrontation. Ani is applying for rezoning for the industrial space, offering the city land for a sports field in exchange for higher building heights. But a strong contingent of residents against the proposal showed up at last night's meeting, speaking out against the project, saying it is not compatible with a residential neighborhood.
2: The Transportation Safety Board has released its report into a deadly whale-watching incident off Tofino in 2015. Six people died and 21 had to be rescued when the boat flipped after being hit by a large wave. John Hua explains the three recommendations by the TSB aimed at improving passenger safety.
10: Tossed from the Leviathan II, passengers struggled in the heavy swells. Some swallowing not just water but oil and fuel. Many, if not most, suffering from shock, seasickness, or hypothermia. The Transportation Safety Board's final report detailing the traumatic events of October 25, 2015. The capsizing off the coast of Tofino, claiming the lives of six people. It was a
9: very, very traumatic experience for these people being thrown into the water, but I'm hopeful that uh, this is one step toward them uh, healing.
10: Likely little comfort in the fact access to the flare used to call for help was a complete fluke. By chance, they spotted a rocket flare floating nearby. They activated it, attracting an Ahaset First Nation fishing vessel in the vicinity. The TSB says the Leviathan II was hit by a breaking wave. The position of the vessel left it exposed to the swell, as the operator tried to give passengers a view of the wildlife.
9: The bottom line in this scenario is that it was a large breaking wave that, that struck the vessel, um, and our crew didn't have the time to to go through regular safety protocols.
10: But the findings indicate while a breaking wave is hard to predict, the conditions to form them were present.
9: It was fully expected. Uh, It's not a rogue wave, an unexpected event. And I think the TSB has made that clear in the report.
10: Recommendations on what could have been done better, proactive scouting for breaking waves, a safety plan that includes proper mandatory life jackets and distress beacons that automatically call for help. When people find themselves immersed in cold water, every second counts. Traumatic moments that will likely last a lifetime for those who say this can never happen again. John Hua, Global News.
1: A show of solidarity today between NDP leader John Horgan and B.C. Green leader Andrew Weaver. The duo pushing back to dispel rumors that there are already cracks in their alliance. But as Keith Baldry reports, despite
7: today's united front, there's still one issue that's plaguing this team. Rarely has so much attention been focused on who will be the Speaker of the B.C. Legislature in the coming days. There have been 38 of them over the years, and their pictures adorn the Speaker's corridor in the Legislature. But it's the identity of the Speaker, should the NDP Green Alliance form government, that is at question. On Thursday next week, there will be a Speaker. And the question after that is, does Christy Clark direct that individual to resign after the government is defeated, and that's the issue. The B.C. Liberals will likely put up one of their MLAs to be elected Speaker when the House resumes sitting June 22nd, and a throne speech will come next, followed by a confidence vote the governing side will likely lose, and the NDP Green Alliance will move into government. Here's where things get interesting, because the B.C. Liberal elected Speaker will resign with the fall of the government. The NDP Greens will hold 44 seats, while the B.C. Liberals will have 43. That's a tiny one-seat majority, but one of those orange NDP seats will have to move into the Speaker's chair. And that means the House will be deadlocked at 43 seats each, and the Speaker will have to break the tie constantly. The Speaker of this House, of this People's House, is to be elected for the
11: term of the session, not of the, of the parliament, not like the deputy or assistant deputy speakers, which, which can change yearly. The speaker is there for a four-year term.
7: In fact, three speakers during the NDP government of the 1990s quit before their full term was up. And in any event, the B.C. Liberals say it's not their job to ensure an NDP Green government is even workable.
12: If the Greens and NDP are purporting to be able to provide a stable government for British Columbians, then they have to do it from within their own... resources.
7: If all goes according to plan, Horgan and Weaver's alliance should take power sometime in July. But who is going to be their speaker remains very unclear. Well, Keith
1: Baldry joins us now uh, with more on this. Keith, if this speaker issue isn't resolved, what Mm -hmm.
7: happens? Hate to say this, folks, or maybe people are looking forward to this, but there would be an election. Uh, John Horgan, as premier, would have to go to government house, tell the lieutenant governor Judith Guichon that the house cannot function because the legislature actually can't do any business until a speaker is in the chair. And faced with that completely unstable situation, Guichon would dissolve the house, and they'd be off to another election, which makes everyone around here think this game of chicken will end with the NDP indeed put in one of their members up for election for a speaker and have that narrow one seat margin of. Uh, majority 44 to 43. All right, the drama continues. Thanks, Keith. Okay.
2: Major concerns after the inferno in London. How could it go up in flames so fast and burn so completely? And was the building's recent renovation partly responsible? Also, what the experts say about the chances of the same thing ever happening here among Vancouver's towering skyline. That's in just over a minute.
1: A gunman with a grudge targets U.S. lawmakers at a Virginia baseball diamond. What saved their lives? Coming up.
2: And a police body camera captures a stunning explosion. And the firefighter who was so close to being caught in it. No! That's later in the news hour. Get him, get him, get him. Now, the death toll from that horrendous fire in a London apartment tower now stands at 12, but officials are almost certain that number will grow. Investigators are searching for the cause, but tenant groups are saying they've been complaining for years about the risk of a fire.
11: A nighttime inferno.
2: Hundreds trapped
11: inside as a 24-story apartment building disintegrates. Hundreds of firefighters battling to get them out. They signal desperately for help. Most had been asleep when the fire began at one in the morning. Screaming. Help! Help! And now all those windows, people are gone. They pleaded from the upper floors, <laughs> but for many, help never arrived.
8: The fire just went, and it just took, it just took them. There's no way they got out.
11: A nightmare caught on one neighbor's cell phone. There's a family, this kid. One resident used a flashlight to send an SOS. Another tied sheets from a window as a firefighter closed in. Oh, this guy, this guy, this hero. And from inside, one woman filmed her terrifying ordeal.
8: Hello, come here.
11: A child was saved and a baby thrown by a woman from a ninth floor window.
8: Miraculously, the baby
12: just dropped in a straight line and the guy just ran forward and the baby fell into his arms.
11: The building was recently renovated, badly, say residents, by a company that's defending its work. Firefighters are still inside recovering casualties, but then they will investigate residents' claims that there was no central fire alarm or sprinkler system, that this was a tragedy waiting to happen. The cause still unknown. The death toll, say police, bound to rise. Bill Neely, NBC
1: News, London. Of course, that tragedy leads to some obvious questions of how safe local towers are when it comes to fire and whether people will be able to get out in time. Global's Ted Schernecki has been talking to the experts about that today. Ted.
12: Yeah, Chris, uh, fire inspectors and investigators here will be watching very closely that ongoing investigation in London. And short of that turning out to be some kind of a terrorist attack or something like that, they say they are very certain that condo owners here are safe.
7: And check that the life safety systems are functional, that they're present, they're working the way they should.
12: Should there be a fire in one of the Lower Mainland's many high-rises, this is the only way out. Elevators automatically go to the ground floor, and residents are left to walk down, in this case, one of two separate stairwells that are specifically designed to keep the fire and smoke out.
7: Stairwells are pressurized by the ventilation system when uh, the fire alarm kicks on. The ventilation elsewhere in the building turns off so that fire and smoke aren't spread. Buildings like this have standpipes throughout them, so not only are they sprinklered, but they also have water plumbed through the stairwells that we can access at every single floor.
12: And there are loudspeakers throughout the stairwell telling residents what to do. The Vancouver Fire Department believes something happening here, like what happened in London, is not likely.
7: We have very uh, aggressive fire protection codes, building codes, um, fire bylaw in the city of Vancouver that requires extensive fire protection systems in the building.
12: But Londoners we met today in Vancouver say they too have stringent fire codes back home.
9: I think they should be worried, but they have the necessary um, and fire inspections. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think that's what happened that, back there. They
6: to be completely honest, when I think about. Buying in my future, it, it is not a condo in downtown Vancouver. Um, it's it's property on an island. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I live on the second floor, so if there was, I could just jump out.
12: Vancouver has had a few fires and high-rises, but they've generally been contained to one or two units. That said, UBC is now home to the world's tallest wood and steel high-rise. The Brock Commons, soars 18 stories and is soon to be surpassed by a 19-story wood-laden development in Coal Harbour. And uh, Chris and Sophie, uh, we asked the Vancouver Fire Department about those uh, wooden skyscrapers and there too they expressed their utmost confidence in the fire code and their inspection regime. Chris, Sophie? All right, if they're confident, uh, hopefully we
1: can be too. Thanks very much, Ted.
2: Some unhappy customers at a New York convenience store felt they waited too long for their order and security cameras captured the food fight that followed. We'll have that for you ahead.
1: And up next, allergy doctors doing brisk business. Why this season is so bad.
2: TransLink is gearing up to celebrate the 40th anniversary of this. The maiden voyage of the SeaBus. bus. Since those first two orange aluminum catamarans crossed Burrard Inlet June 17, 1977... The service has become a key transportation route carrying 6 million passengers last year. TransLink announcing today it has ordered a new vessel to start running in 2019, which will allow sea buses to run every 10 minutes instead of every 15.
1: Always cool to see some of that old footage, mm-hmm. film footage in there. Well, uh, check out what's behind us. If you have allergies, you already know it's a bad season. If you don't, you are so lucky.
2: Jeff Hastings tells us why doctors' phones are ringing off the hook these days.
4: There's something in the lower mainland air, and it's making allergy sufferers miserable.
9: My nose is really itchy, and it's been plugged. I've been sneezing a lot.
7: My eyes
4: run
1: everywhere. Uh, my nose is just terrible, itchy. Itchy eyes,
11: runny nose, sneezing constantly.
4: That winter that wouldn't end has meant more mold and later blooming. Not just making seasonal allergies worse than usual, but longer lasting.
9: Instead of all the pollen coming out when the weather is optimum, nice warm sunny weather uh, uh, earlier in the season, and all that pollination gets done in a hurry, this year it's being dragged out as the weather sort of waxes and wanes, wet and cold versus warmer and drier.
4: It's mainly the stuff you can't see that's making you suffer. The gentle breeze blowing pollen from the plants. The fluff probably isn't the culprit, but it's taking a lot of the blame.
11: If you look in the neighborhood there, in the morning we came out and it looked like there was like fake snow
2: everywhere. The fluff was so crazy. It it literally looked like a blizzard.
9: Often people with allergies don't realize uh, how much it impairs their ability to function optimally. So you have difficulty learning, you're falling asleep at work or in in school, uh, just because you don't get a restful sleep to start with, plus you're probably taking antihistamines that are sedating.
4: Doctors say allergies are on the rise around the developed world, and it's likely our fault.
9: We're too clean. It's the hygiene hypothesis. We're, we're uh, letting our children grow up in a much cl- too clean environment and that's good for their health. They need to get out and get some dirt in their, their, their system to provoke uh, an appropriate immune response and prevent allergies from developing.
4: A late start, but the sneezing season should end soon. Jeff Hastings, Global News. A shocking attack
1: on a baseball diamond. Listen, I mean, we've got bats versus uh, rifle. The gunman, who opened fire, and new information about why he picked his targets.
2: And the lonely beluga, playfully swimming in a place it shouldn't be. Coming up, the plan to save it.
1: Okay, something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong, all right. Not a sight you want to see outside your plane window. A United Airlines flight forced to return to the gate in Newark. Because of a major fuel leak, a passenger first noticed it and reported it to the crew. Passengers were put on another flight to continue their journey.
2: A 66-year-old former home inspector opened fire on American lawmakers today as they were practicing for a charity baseball game. As NBC's Tom Costello reports, it, he was only after people on one side of the political spectrum. An all-out gun
3: battle. As Capitol Hill police and Alexandria officers engaged a lone gunman, 66-year-old James Hutchinson, targeting Republican members of Congress who were practicing for a charity baseball game. Uh, we
11: medics. We got a suspect. Right by the baseball field the right there's also a, uh, a victim down in the baseball field.
3: Among the first to be hit, Republican whip Steve Scalise. He's drug himself from the dirt infield to the grass outfield. Uh, there's a trail of blood. Uh, we can't help him. We're helpless. I mean, we're, we've got bats versus
12: uh rifle. Scalise's security detail and Capitol Hill police immediately begin to return
3: fire. The gunman armed with a semi-automatic assault weapon and a handgun. He was crouched behind a wooden piece of um, stand, the stands, and he
4: had an AK-47.
7: Two of the Capitol police were shot. Uh, one uh, staffer who dove into the dugout um, with a leg wound, and we got somebody's belt and put it around there to stop the bleeding.
3: Members of Congress said the gunman knew who was on the field. An individual walked up and asked, hey, you know, those Republicans are Democrats. Jeff said they're Republicans. The guy kind of turned around and started walking towards the field. It was a little odd, but there was I, I didn't see any indication of violence or anything. After an intense gunfight that shot out the windows of the next-door YMCA, Hodgkinson was shot and wounded. He died a few hours later at the hospital. Meanwhile, all five victims were rushed to area hospitals. Representative Scalise taken off the field by medics, a police officer taken out by chopper. Representatives who normally don't have security details grateful for Capitol Hill police, who might not have been there had GOP whip Scalise not been on the field. They probably saved our lives and the lives of a lot of
0: other people because we were all sitting ducks, those of us who were in the the dugout.
2: And police now say the suspect strongly opposed President Donald Trump and had made a number of online posts expressing his hatred for Republicans. A family member says Hodgkinson had worked as a volunteer for the Bernie Sanders campaign and was distraught over the results of last year's election. Police say he had apparently been living out of his van on the same street as the ballpark where he opened fire today.
1: And that wasn't the only shocking example of gun violence in the U.S. today. On the other side of the country, UPS workers in San Francisco gathered for their morning meeting when one employee suddenly pulled a gun. NBC's Getty Schwartz has that story.
8: Looks like he's in a UPS uniform.
13: In San Francisco, SWAT teams swarming behind UPS trucks.
8: Shooter in the building, two people are down. Uh, Unknown direction of the shooter.
13: Inside, an active shooter identified as Jimmy Lamb. This
8: is inside the UPS store, still has his gun.
13: Investigators say Lamb, a UPS employee, showed up with two guns for a company meeting and opened fire, killing three, injuring two before being confronted by police and committing suicide. This is a terrible tragedy. We recognize the impact this shooting is having on the city and UPS. A flood of employees dressed in brown escorted to safety, others on the roof, hands raised.
10: I heard seven or
4: eight shots fired um, really quickly, like bang, 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 bang.
13: Neighbors like Raymond Ding had been watching news coverage of the shooting in Virginia when he heard gunfire.
4: News of uh, one shooting interrupts news of another shooting. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous.
13: UPS releasing a statement saying their thoughts and prayers are with the victims. 350 employees work here, one of them, Maria Hernandez's daughter.
2: It's a place full of activity, just like any other job, and it could happen anywhere, but it happened here.
13: Families trying to shake the feeling of being so close to violence on a day of mass shootings on
1: both sides of the nation. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News. Police in the Bronx are searching for the suspects in an attack on a deli worker and their weapon of choice was very unusual but still devastating. The attackers captured on surveillance video hurling avocados at the clerk. Apparently he tried to kick the two men out of the store for causing a scene over when their food order or over their food order when they got really angry and started throwing. The clerk suffered serious injuries with fractures to his face and a broken jaw.
2: Marine rescuers in New Brunswick are working on plans to get a stranded beluga whale out of a river and back where it belongs. This whale has been swimming around in a river near Bathurst for several weeks. It's believed it ventured into the river chasing fish and either can't or won't swim the five kilometers to get back out. Belugas can survive in fresh water, but not permanently. They're hoping to catch the wayward whale and transport it to the St. Lawrence River sometime later this week.
1: In Health Matters tonight, researchers are still coming up with ways to make a trip to the dentist a little easier. A new British study finds that patients who paid a visit to a virtual beach during routine dental procedures felt less anxiety and pain. There were no such benefits for patients who walked through a virtual city. Researchers believe it will help dentists make better choices about how they distract their patients.
2: One firefighter's very close call caught on camera. The propane explosion that looked like it would swallow him up.
13: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: Right after the forecast, what happened to the volunteer firefighter who was almost caught up in that explosion? Pretty dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's check in with Christy Gordon now on
8: this We Love Water Wednesday. That's right, a new spin to our weather window tonight, which I'll show you in a bit as well. Coming up, I have a warning for the Okanagan Valley residents, so uh, you want to stay tuned here. Look at this, though. Despite the fact it was fairly gray day and cool, a lot of people out on the water enjoying. That's nice to see. You can see the dark clouds. We're at 15 degrees right now, but we did warm up to 16, and an average is 19. We're talking October-like weather, everyone, especially tomorrow. with this headed our way. For the next 24 to 36 hours, it is going to be wet. West coast of Vancouver Island, up to 50 millimeters. Uh, Squamish and higher elevations in the North Shore, 50 to 60. Lower mainland, 20 to 30 millimeters. East coast of Vancouver Island, a little bit lighter, certainly, and that tends to happen when we get uh, systems moving in from the west. So you're a little lucky, but there's the system driving into the south coast. Those of you in the interior, you'll see a few showers overnight, but generally dry for you tomorrow morning this isn't going to push into the interior until tomorrow afternoon but thus brings the warning for the okanagan residents shoreline flooding and erosion possible for a skaha and okanagan lake because ahead of this system we will see strong southerly winds gusting potentially up to 60 kilometers an hour so we are certainly a little concerned about the shoreline this will be late tomorrow morning right through until the evening hours late tomorrow evening it will finally die down now for the those of you across to north, you will see periods of rain across the coastal regions. The sunshine you see in the interior here is just in the morning. You will start to see increasing cloud with showers later on in the day and increasing cloud quite quickly across these regions. And you can see the temperatures remaining a little on the cool side. Um, but uh, you will see the rain push in and the wind certainly late morning through the afternoon hours. And for the south coast, we will see rain throughout the day with highs between 14 and 16 degrees. Again, average for this time of year is 19. The late Friday, though, we finally peek out of this the cloud cover finally and then into our weekend as well. We warm up a little bit. So lots to look forward to. We just have to get through the next, as I said, 24 to 36 hours. Uh, Happy birthday to Rachel Malvena. She turned 102 today and two couples celebrating their 70th anniversary. Mary and Bill Vickers and Lil and Bill Reese. So congratulations to you uh, uh, for there. Now, Chris and Soph, tonight we're introducing a new spin on weather we Every Wednesday throughout the summer, we'll be doing We Love Water Wednesdays, giving our viewers a chance to share their water-saving techniques. And I'm kicking things off today with a photo of Brayden watering our plants with an instant shut-off nozzle and, uh, Saving water, but also saving me from getting soaked. So it was a win-win situation. Yeah,
1: definitely.
8: Yeah, so We Love Water Wednesdays. Uh, you can go to welovewater.ca for tips and ideas for your photo, and you can send them to us at our typical address there. Way to put the kids to work, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no
1: doubt. We are in some water restrictions. Great advice. Thanks.
2: All right, a police department in Maine has released amazing video of a near-death experience for a volunteer firefighter.
1: The police chief's body camera captures officers rushing to help the firefighter after a propane tank explodes. Scott! Scott! Patton was about to turn on his hose when the blast knocked him off his feet. He was burned on the face and head, but was released from hospital a day later. He will recover and says he plans to go right back to work in a couple of weeks.
2: Well, all of those TV programs featuring entrepreneurs trying to make it big with their new inventions are starting to rub off.
1: Take, for example, the special event at a Maple Ridge elementary school. Catherine Urquhart reports.
2: Grassy heads.
10: You put uh, grass seed in the top and then you soak it in water and then
9: it turns into that. I'm selling necklaces, I call, I call them fairy
7: dust necklaces. We're selling gold in the jars and lava lamps.
6: They were hawking their wares at Lady View Elementary in Maple Ridge. Kids in grade 6 and 7 learning some real life lessons about creating a product and running a business they
8: created business plans they had to put pitch their product some of the classes it's entirely DIY um, the older classes in particular had to make their product from scratch they had to prototype it design it
2: Elise made stress balls using balloons and rice at three for five dollars they were selling fast at the school's entrepreneur fair
5: I think I have, like, a $15 profit. I'm going to see if I can donate it to, like, a veterinary hospital
3: or something.
10: I'm selling foosball tables. It's just like normal foosball, but a smaller version. I've sold out of all of my wind chimes. I am selling some wood art, log silhouette art, for $3. I
5: have sold all the wolves. The wolves are probably the top hit.
6: The day providing
2: a financial education.
5: 140
2: and a whole lot of fun. Catherine Cart, Global News.
1: Bright kids there, obviously. Mm-hmm.
2: You can use some of these toonies to buy some of those inventions. More new <laughs> currency to celebrate Canada's 150th birthday. This new toonie featuring a northern lake has a special feature. Check it out. Turn out the lights, and the northern lights glow in the dark. The coin is called Dance of the Spirits, and the mint stamped about 3 million of them. You can buy a full set of Canada 150 coins, including that colorful quarter, directly from the mint.
1: June-tober. We've already heard about our our temperatures, which aren't uh, right for the calendar. Um, Squires here now and joins us with this kind of sad news in the CFL today, obviously, right?
5: Yeah, well, it's very sad news in the CFL. Um, Don Matthews, who started his head coaching career as the B.C. Lions in 1983. Uh, we lost Don Matthews today at the age of 77.
7: You know, I, I look at Don as
5: maybe the greatest coach in the CFL. We look back at the CFL legend who led the Lions to the Grey Cup in 1985.
2: Also tonight. I said I'm awful lucky that I met so many kind people all at one time. Why this 91-year-old is so thankful, even though she was just hit by thieves at the grocery store.
1: All right, Squires here uh, with sports. Lest you think boxing is losing a lot of ground to UFC, which arguably it is. you could say it is, yes. but there's still some marquee boxing matches to be made.
5: Well, and this is sort of a boxing match, but... In some ways, I think boxing's happy to have this match because it's losing so much ground to the UFC. So now the UFC and mixed martial arts will kind of help prop boxing up, at least for one night. Yes, the money was too much to pass up. We don't even know what the price tag is for this fight yet, but it's going to be huge. So, because there's so much money on the table, the man whose nickname is money, Floyd Mayweather, is going to come out of retirement and face UFC superstar Conor McGregor they're going to fight August 26th in Las Vegas at a weight of 154 pounds, and they are going to do it in a boxing ring with boxing rules. No kicking, no elbowing, which is why Mayweather right now is a heavy, heavy favorite. McGregor has a puncher's chance, but you've got to get the punch through first. And that's the thing with Mayweather. He may not be the most exciting fighter ever, but he's a supreme defensive technician. He has never lost a fight to other boxers, and McGregor is not a boxer, but he's a great showman. He's a great MMA fighter. If this was in the octagon, Mayweather would have no chance. Most feel inside the boxing ring, McGregor has no chance. But it'll be fun to watch, and a lot of people will pay to watch it. Don Matthews was one of the greatest CFL coaches ever. He passed away today at the age of 77. He was the CFL's coach of the year five times. He won five Grey Cups with four different teams, including the BC Lions in 1985. The moment Don Matthews became the Lions head coach in 1983, BC became one of the best teams in the league. In his third season, the Lions won the Grey Cup with a team that believed in speed and aggressiveness.
9: Well, the CFL will never be the same, and uh, a lot of the things you see in the CFL are, are due to his uh, philosophy, and a lot of the coaches that worked under him have shared that, and uh, I'm sure if you talk to Wally and, and all the coaches playing today, they'll probably say that uh, they're taking something away from what Don had to give.
7: You know, I, I look at Don as maybe the greatest coach in the CFL. Uh, you know, all the things he accomplished, uh, all the
5: innovative ways that uh, he found uh, to you know, to get his team to win. And winning was what he did, a lot of. Five Grey Cup championships with four different teams, five Coach of the Year awards. Only Wally Buono has more wins as a CFL coach. Anybody that played for Don always, you know,
7: spoke about, uh, you know, living on the edge. I think that was kind of his motto, and, uh, you know, he instilled that into his players, and, you know, Don was very, uh, very uh, good with the X's and O's, too, and sometimes... Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for that. was positive
9: all the time with the players. Um, had an open door. Uh, you could talk to him about anything. Um, I think you could sense that uh, he loved being around his players. He loved his players. And he loved the game of football.
5: And now the other game of football. The Vancouver Whitecaps' next home game is Saturday against Dallas. And speaking of home, the Whitecaps have some new digs They finally unveiled their training facility at UBC today. It's a one-stop soccer shop for the entire organization, one they love and won't be listing anytime soon.
13: There is nothing quite like moving into a brand-new home, and the Whitecaps spared no expense, although the provincial government did kick in some funds. Officially, this is the National Soccer Development Center. It's a world-class facility with two grass pitches and one artificial turf. It has top-of-the-line workout and medical rooms, a cafeteria, and offices for staff. You name it, they got it.
9: It gives us all the tools to be a successful team. So I think there's no real excuse other than to put it on ourselves if we're not winning games.
0: We've got a great gym in there. We've got everything in there we want to to become better. So uh, the opportunity is there for everybody. So this fantastic field as well is is, uh, one of those things where you're looking forward to getting on it every single day. The
13: end game is that this facility ends up making the Caps a winner on the field. And for a coach, that will come from all of the White Caps teams training side by side, from the residency program to the White Caps FC two squad, right up to the big club. You know, the incentives of the of the USL team to get to this level is there for you to see. The
11: residency guys as well to get to the USL level is there. So I think it's important we're under one roof because we, we talk about being one club and we are one club. Um, but there's got to be boundaries. You know, you've know, got to know the rules, um, but it makes you hungrier. It's
0: really designed to, to provide that, that hierarchy that I think you know, we're, we're lacking, not just in in sports, but I think in, in society in general, is young people kind of feel like, OK, I've done all I needed to do, now um, when, do I, when do I, in our case, when do I get to the
13: first team? Well, you get to the first team once you've earned your stripes. It's a formula followed by top European clubs like Arsenal and Chelsea and it seems to have worked for them. Very delayed global
4: sports.
5: The first ever game for the Vegas Golden Knights will be at Rogers Arena. It will be an exhibition game, mind you, but we will get the first close-up look at the NHL's newest baby. September 17th is when the game will happen. Who will be on the Golden Knights? Who knows? We won't know that until they announce the team after the expansion draft on June 21st. The Canucks... Announce their full preseason schedule. so let's take a look eight games in all and remember there are two in china one against the kings in shanghai and the other against the kings in beijing you can see a game in edmonton between those two they're obviously going to split the teams up and i think more of the bigger name canucks will be in china for those two games then they'll come back and finish off the exhibition season against calgary and edmonton should mention that there was an interview done today down in seattle with richard sherman Of the Seattle Seahawks. And he Mm -hmm. said he never asked for a trade out of Seattle in the offseason. And him and Russell Wilson are like this. Hmm. Good buddies. So all is good. Richard Sherman and the Seahawks.
2: Good
1: to know.
5: All
2: right, Thank you, Squire. Coming up, the most adorable senior citizen you've ever met, besides
5: my grandmothers,
2: and the officers who went above and beyond the call of duty to help her.
1: Well, on a day where, look, admittedly, there are a number of tragic events uh, that make headlines around the world, we want to leave you with a story that will hopefully put a smile on your face.
2: It definitely will. It's about two police officers going above and beyond, and how they brightened a Florida senior's day after she was targeted by thieves.
6: In all of her 91 years. These are two of the nicest police I ever met in my life, and I'm not young. For Marie Morgan, last Saturday will stand out forever. They were so kind to me and helpful because I was upset. On that day, these two Boynton Beach police officers went above their call of duty after thieves took Morgan's wallet while she was grocery shopping. Yeah, don't
10: worry about it. I just, I really want you to go home and get some rest.
6: Morgan overcome with emotion, breaking down in tears when Officer Janelle Jamelis told Morgan that her groceries had been taken care of. I just really wanted to make her day better. She was so happy. Just the look on her face was enough. But the kindness continued. This is for you, okay? Knowing Morgan had $60 in cash stolen, among other things...
10: Gift card for $60,
6: okay? Officer Jamelis and her training officer, Evan Estevez, bought Morgan a Publix gift card to replace what was stolen.
10: It goes
13: basically to the heart in our mission as a unit.
6: I said, I'm awful lucky that I met so many kind people all at one time. They helped me out. Now, just a few days later, this 91-year-old has a new outlook on life. But that
12: shows you there's still a lot of good people in the world
6: see
2: she's the cutest
1: <laughs> she sure is notwithstanding how cute your grandmothers are yeah, but exactly. i mean she is pretty <laughs> spry for 91 mm-hmm. years old it's mm-hmm. really amazing
8: all right uh,
1: all right how are we gonna wrap this thing up uh it, it feels like fall out there but it yeah. does warm up by the end of the week
8: exactly for in just in time for the weekend actually mother nature is not done too badly about picking mm-hmm. the weekends out right. but Well, you have to get through the next 24 to 36 hours. Literally, this is a um, fall-like storm that's headed our way with 20 to 40 millimeters of rain. We're talking about windy conditions for the Okanagan Valley for tomorrow late morning through the afternoon hours. So we'll be watching them as well. And uh, for us here on the coast, we hope to break out of that cloud cover late Friday just in time for the weekend with... Highs of 25, maybe, for Father's Day. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good for any, well, for
1: For anybody, yeah, right? (laughs) For anybody planning to go on a Father's Day.